Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here we go, 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 this is it! This is Top Flight Time Machine, I'm Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. This is our weekly mill bag delve, it's a few days late because the bank holiday and all that, we took Monday off, so Monday's episode come out on Tuesday, and then blah 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 blah, and then here we are, and it's fucking Saturday, so you know, we're still working, we haven't had any time off, you're still getting your pound of flesh out of yeah, us. Yeah, fuck off. Should we just fucking not bother? Yeah, alright, this week's podcast is as follows, silence, just stay silent. Just like other podcasts just kick in after there's been 10 seconds of dead air, though. Or is this radio? No, I propose that we sit here for half an hour. Yeah. We down, we go on strike. Right. And Until, what do we want out of them? They send us money? Well, when we start a kickstarter? They're going to be listening to this like two days from now, so they, we don't know what to send them. All right, we're wasting our time. I haven't thought this strike action through properly. No, I think it's a good idea, though. Down tools. Yeah, just see how long we're going to last. Down tools and see how much they're prepared to contribute via Patreon or Kickstarter to get us talking again. I'm going to have a quick look at the Patreon and see how many we've added on today. Wi-Fi's a bit slow here. Uh, None. No new uh, new subscribers. Well, since I last looked, about three hours ago. It's not good enough, It's not good. Not happy about that at all. All right, well, let's read out some of this yeah. bollocks they've sent us anyway. Do you want to go first? I've got one. If you're not ready. No, let me just get it. I've got it. I've, I've favourited all the ones that I want. Well, I'll read one first. All right, go on. Chris Ayrton, he says, On my morning commute to Leeds, the train is always rampant at the point of giving up your human rights. Mm. However, I believed I came up with what I refer to in my mind as a cunt's trick. Good phrase. By holding back from getting on the train, everyone else has to push down the train, leaving me with a nice little space by the door. That's very good, that, isn't it? I like that. He says, This morning my cunt's trick was shattered by an older man in a suit who held back as long as me and beckoned me onto the train. Yeah. Power played him there. Uh, cunted him off. He says, Without thinking, I just did what he I just did what he said. On the rest of the journey, I was wondering what the fuck happened when I realised I'd been out-cunted. It was because this man was just a bit older. I'd been cunted by the laws of the jungle. <laughs> I'm a 35-year-old man, but succumbed to what I saw as a grown-up. <laughs> an older man, <laughs> a bigger boy, which makes me beg the question, at what age are you an actual grown-up? <clears throat> 40. Uh, yeah. Maybe 45. But doesn't it depend a little bit on, it's not really an age, it depends on the it's things. It's a state of mind. It's a state of mind and it's experience really, isn't it? I mean, certain experiences will make you a man. Mm. <laughs> 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 That seems like a, a spin-off I, I, series of podcasts. That question is... Too... What maketh the man? Yeah, what maketh the man? Sit up like time machine. You know, don't forget, it was only a couple of weeks ago that I shaved my pubes. Yeah, that's true. For the first true. time. Yeah. So, And I'm 44. And I think, you Are know... Are they grown back all right? Uh, they haven't really been looking, mate. I mean, that's the thing. I don't often look at my own pubes. Why would I? Why bother then? 
I don't just know. because they I were there. No, it's yeah. like that thing where people say, "Why did you climb that mountain?" Because yeah. it was there. Yeah. Why did you shave those pubes off? Because they, because were, there. they were there. Yeah. I tell you why. Because they were looking at me funny. <laughs> Right. All curly. I've had a fucking round with them like Ben Kingsley and Sexy Beast. <laughs> I've got out of the shower. I see them pews go, you got some sort of fucking problem, mate? Oh. All towel dried and springy. Fucking What's this about? Right. On your toes like you're ready for something. All right. You you want it. Fuck it. You, you're asking for it, mate. Now you're going to fucking get it. You're fucking coming off. Let's fucking go. Oh, hang on a minute. And then that was when it hits me. I thought my pubes might be Millwall. <laughs> Imagine... Imagine the humiliation. Imagine the shame I would bring to my dear old mum. It would finish her off to know that all these years, me, her son, West Ham through and through, had Millwall pubes. Pubes that have been secretly supporting Millwall all this time. Well, I couldn't take the risk. I've got the fucking clippers out, haven't I? I'd heard you get one of them DNA testing kits where you can have a look and find out what football team your pubes support. But I didn't have the time. They was looking at me. I tell you what, mate, I didn't even want to know the answer. I didn't think that I could face the truth. I didn't want it coming back. So I thought, fuck this, I can't take the risk. They're coming off. I'm killing them now. And I've got, I've got the clippers and all the little ones are outside. They're knocking on the door. Dad, are you going to be long? We need the loo. <laughs> then suddenly, come on, Emil, let's fucking have it. <laughs> Mum, Dad's shouting about Mill in the toilet again. <laughs> Don't worry. I think I could hear them all screaming as they fell to the floor. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You fucking like that, do you? Not up to your fucking tricks anymore, are you, Millwall? Fucking shitty Millwall pubes. <laughs> but now, they started growing back again. And it started to go off in my head again. And oh, I can't fucking sleep. It's keeping me awake. I'm going to have to get them fucking waxed. Ah, they're haunting my fucking dreams. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if you found out that your pubes were Newcastle, Newcastle mate. Toon pubes. Toon pubes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, okay. we're just down here keeping your balls and cock warm for uh, you, you Mackham cunt. Fat little <laughs> Mackham bastard. <laughs> oh, your cock looks a bit chilly. Don't worry, right. we'll deal with that for you. I think I might develop some kind of itching at later on. That'll fucking teach you. Fuck off. <laughs> fucking tune pubes. Ah, you fucking plastic club Mickey Mouse cunts. <laughs> Fuck Egan sign. Fuck off. There's only fucking 8,000 of you turning up most weeks. What's it like in League One, you little twat? <laughs> oh, God. Arguing with you. Your dog would be all scared. Yeah. Oh, Daddy. Oh, why are you shouting at your own pubes? <laughs> he does get upset. He does worry. Yeah. Well, okay. So... Uh, what have we got here? Where are my favourites? Here we go. Embarrassing dad uh, shit ice cream wars. This <laughs> is... I like the sound of that, yeah. Uh, following on from last week's embarrassing stuff uh, that dads do and Sam's ice cream man story, uh, our ice cream man would always rock up about 30 minutes after Sunday lunch. One day I asked if I could have an ice cream. My dad disappeared into the kitchen and reappeared with a large bowl. Mmm. Get the big bowl! No, not no, the big bowl. The pube bowl. No, no, not the not the one I shaved my pubes into when I found out they were united. 
right? The bi- the biggest bowl, Dad, but we only get that out at Christmas. Get it out. Get the fucking bowl out. Right. Get, 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 he gave him the bowl, right? And he goes, get him to fill that up. Here's a fiver. Right. I took the bowl down the drive in bare feet, of course, to the icy and asked him to fill up the bowl. The ice cream man said, you must be joking. I'm not filling that up for you. <laughs> Me. But my dad says you'll do it for a fiver. Ice cream man. Well, you better tell your daddy's wrong. Me. Dad. <laughs> my dad comes tearing out of the house. He's got the look of a madman. He's already angry. <laughs> yeah, what? What's going on? Have you filled that bowl up yet? That's what he said to the ice cream man. <laughs> ice cream man. I'm not filling up a bowl for you, especially not for a fiver. Dad. You're a prick, mate. Just do it. The kids are crying. <laughs> Brackets, my sister was in tears. Just, but not because the bowl wasn't getting filled just up. Just do it. The kids are crying. Ice cream man. Fuck off. <laughs> my dad. You fuck off. Go on. Fuck off. This exchange went on as the neighbours started to appear at their doorways. At this point, I slipped off into the house, completely embarrassed. The ice cream, the ice cream man never came round again. And to this day, my mates still remind me of the time my dad fought the ice cream man. Their version has escalated now to a bare-knuckle brawl as the years have gone by. Looking forward to a TFTM encounter in Sunderland in September. And that is sent from uh, someone called Martin Stewart. Thanks the for that. That's a great cream- story. The ice cream man never came round again. <laughs> You're a prick, mate. <laughs> Fill it up. He's fucking ruined it for You're the whole estate. Now. I know. Got it. Fucking hell. Here's a one from... Um, he says, feel free to use my real name, Sir Desmond Finchley. I don't think that's his <laughs> real name. But um, he's got two sex fails. First one. At uni, there was a ridiculously hot girl who lived in the floor above me. We said hello a few times, but it never went beyond that. A couple of years later, I bumped into her on a tube train. We chatted for a minute or two when she touched me on the arm, looked me right in the eye and said, it's funny how you always bump into people who you have unfinished business with. Ooh! Unfortunately, says Sir Desmond, all I could manage in response was to go bright red and blurt out, yeah, well, this is my stop, so I'll see you later. (laughs) Fucking you twat. Uh, he says as her train disappeared into the tunnel I stood on the platform wondering how I could have been such a useless prick absolutely were I'm not going to read out his second sex feel because it's got mentioned of irritable bowel syndrome in it so um, we don't want that no so that's that one Uh, this is from someone who begins his email in caps lock please don't say my name (laughs) what's his name (laughs) (laughs) hi lads when I was 18 I went travelling around the world first stop was Thailand I made my way to one of the islands for booze and beaches on the first day I found myself a nice guest house and went for some drinks I got talking to a lovely bird from Newcastle and after a bit of chatting and kissing in the bar bit of chatting and kissing bit casual bit of chatting bit of kissing in public this and that. Yeah. Bit of hey, how about we have a little chat? Maybe some kissing. It's like the Balearics in here. Yeah. After walking around for 30 minutes, I realised I couldn't find my guest house. This was pre-Google Maps days. She soon became bored and decided to call it a night. I think I ruined it when I said, oh, I can't find my room. She just want to have sex down an alleyway. Oh. That's not was honest, this it? the northeast. Yeah. <laughs> After failing to get off and not having found <laughs> my room, I, de- <laughs> I decided to go to the beach to sleep. Because at this point, I became a stray man. Ah, there there I was, two other fellow travellers passing a joint between them. I asked if I could have some. And after a few big draws on the joint, I said to them that I was feeling a bit funny. 
and told one of them, that's not like any weed I've smoked before, to which he replied, of course it isn't. It's crack. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> <laughs> they left me there on the beach with the advice, just stay here till it wears off. You'll be okay. Don't go near the water. That's like my brother's advice, isn't it? How much MDMA should I take? I don't know. Just keep taking it till you feel weird, <laughs> then, then go, go home. <laughs> Uh, I had this encounter with a bloke called Abdul in um, the German town of Bremen. Yeah, uh, a few years back in the in the dark days. This sounds like the beginning of a fantastic story. Don't let me down. Well, I could tell the full story, but even by my standards, it's almost too incriminating. Okay. But there's a good moment. This bloke I met was effectively a stray man, as far as I could tell, in Bremen. We were out there for a week, and we were going to see Borussia Dortmund, but we were staying in Bremen. I can't remember why. It's my mate's fortieth. And uh, I and I meet this bloke Abdul who seemed to be able to arrange things in 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 in, in uh, Bremen. Yeah. And at one point we were waiting. Yeah, he a was he'd, he'd fixed a meet up for me with someone else. And while we were waiting, um, I was just you know making small talk with him, <laughs> and he seemed all right. I didn't think he was dangerous. I thought oh, it's fine. And so we're making small talk while we're waiting for someone else. And he goes, uh, I said, so what are you what, what are you up to? What do you do? He goes, oh. Oh, I've been. I, I'm not really working at the moment. I, I've been in prison, and I go, oh, right. Well, I won't ask what for. He goes, no, don't ask. And I go, what was it like then? What's the nick like in Germany? And he goes, wow, really bad. I became addicted to crack, right? And I went, oh, really? And he went, yeah. I mean, you have to smoke it in there. It's so boring. And I said, yeah, fair enough. You know, I suppose whatever you have to do. He goes, yeah, but now I'm out. And I can't fucking stop doing it. In fact, I'm going to have some now. And I go, oh, well, fair enough. And he, I'll, I'll he, look away. He gets out this <laughs> this rock of crack, and he had this weird. I'd never really. I'd never. I don't think I'd ever seen anyone taking crack before. I'd left. I've led a very sheltered life. Yeah. And he takes this rock of crack, and he sort of. And he t- he goes, "Will you you hold?" He goes, "Will you hold this?" I think he gave me like a lighter. He said, "Hold this," and I held it. Upside down, and on the flat underside of the lighter, he put a rock of crack, and then he started lighting it. And it's in the middle of the street. It wasn't yeah. in an alley. It was in like a main road, and yeah. it was probably about nine or ten in the evening. And then he lights the crack, and he starts. As far as I can remember, if there's any crack smokers out there, as I'm sure there are, then you'll tell me whether I've got this right or not. He starts inhaling it through like a straw, yeah. right? The the fumes, and I'm like, ah, it's quite an interesting life experience. Fine. <laughs> All right, he seems to know that you're we're a journalist. Not gonna... Yeah, exactly. Everything's work, right? Yeah. So I'm thinking this is all right. I don't think I can get nicked because I'm not smoking crack. That was is, what I was telling can myself. I just yeah. Stop, pause. Is shaving your own pubes because you think the mill wall is that journalism? Yeah. Oh, very much so. Okay, carry yeah. on. Because look what we're doing here. We're telling stories. Yeah. The life of a journalist is very much the life of a storyteller. Unlike all storytellers, I crave and seek out new experience on I'm like daily a fruit, basis. I'm like a fruit picker. Yes. I go around picking stories <laughs> from the trees and feeding them to the masses. And what I've done today, I shaved my pubes a few weeks ago. I thought they were Millwall. And uh, I believe them to be Millwall supporters. <laughs> and today, I have passed on that experience through language, the tools of language, to my audience, known here as the Cunters. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. this week on the South Bank Show, storyteller, <laughs> journalist, pube shaver, paranoid Folk nutbag, hero. sad lady. <laughs> so you first came to Providence as a notorious pube shaver, which, for which you won the Turner Prize in 2020. 
No, and I've got, anyway, blah, blah, blah. Abdul keeps smoking crack. The bloke we're meeting's taking ages. At first, I think this is interesting. Then I'm like getting paranoid that like the police are going to, I'm going to get in trouble and get thrown in a Brayman Nick for like aiding and abetting crack smoking. Yeah. And every five minutes, going, oh, I need to smoke some more crack. <laughs> hold this again. Hold this again. I'm trying to be nice. Go, all right, I'll hold it again. Makes it easier for him. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, right? He's going to smoke crack either way. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I yeah. can't fucking stop him. To get over an addiction like that, you need to really give yourself over to some serious fucking therapy and treatment, right? Yeah. It's not going to take the words of some pissed up fucking Londoner who's out there for his mate's 40th. Go, oh, maybe you should rethink your life, mate. Stop smoking crack, start running. That's what I do. It's quite nice, <laughs> right? He's not Endorphins and all that. Yeah, it's really good for you. You soon be off the crack once you're having a few miles every morning. <laughs> <laughs> right, so I'm holding this fucking... Ru- and in the end, it's really started to piss me off. And I go, Abdul, Abdul. And I'm interrupting because he's fucking rabbiting on. And I just went... My mate always remembers this line. Cause I go, Abdul, will you please stop smoking crack? <laughs> he went, I'm a f- I fucking wish I could. I'm addicted. <laughs> and I go, I know that. It's an will illness. You, will you please just stop smoking it for five minutes now? <laughs> I'm fucking sick of it. It was a novelty a minute ago. Now I'm fucking bored of it and it's actually annoying me. Feeling weird about it all. <laughs> fucking Abdul. Is that the end I of that bit? I think the end of the story. Jalapeño. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Jalapeño. Oh, hang on, no it's not. A period of time passed when I was approached by a local lady. She asked if I was okay. I told her what had happened. Oh, no crack. My mistake. <laughs> After talking for a bit, I learned that she was one of these famous Thai lady boys I've been told about. What, oh, on a beach in the yeah. northeast? Hi, I'm a passing lady boy. Mm. You look like you've accidentally smoked wah, crack. There's yeah. bullshit klaxon going off. Yeah, I'm going to stop it here because I liked the bit where he talked about smoking crack by mistake. But from my experience, any story... Any story mm. that a man tells you, which is anything to do with a seemingly attractive female sex worker turning out to be a man, yeah. is always bollocks. Yeah. Always bollocks. And there are so many men mm. who have these stories. Oh, you never guess what happened to me, right? I got I started getting off with this girl. I was, a bit, I was really pissed. And then all of a sudden, my hands go that I felt it. Pubes. She had a cock. Millwall pubes. Millwall pubes. And I just think, mate, listen... We know, you know, fine. You've got off with a bloke. You've yeah. hired a fucking rent boy or whatever. If you feel weird about it, don't. Yeah. It's something you wanted to do. You've done it. Telling me and dressing it up in a, in a tissue of lies is not going to fucking help anyone. It's going to bore me and insult my intelligence. Yeah. And it just fucking brings it up. If you feel weird about it, just put it behind you. And you, you, you speak as someone who gets bored of people when they take crack. So, you know. I know. I'm like, listen, mate, we've all made mistakes. Last week I shaved my pubes off because I thought they were Millwall, right? Yeah, you you got off with a fucking bloke in Thailand. So what? So what, mate? We're all just trying to get through life, aren't we? fucking move on. It's all experience. Yeah. How do you think I won the Turner Prize? (laughs) 
Do you want an update from the community bullshitter? Courtesy yeah. of Gary Collier. Part yeah. six, this is. Brilliant. We're going to have to start working out if he's like making we're, these up. We're doing a deep dive into this. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how this one goes. Uh, one Saturday evening back in the 90s, the lads had a night out to the Hacienda without our community bullshitter. Unfortunately, he couldn't make it due to a couple of long-standing wag bookings. A couple. <laughs> the following evening, we all met up at the pub and we shared a story of how, as we were queuing, we'd seen a 20 or 30 strong group of lads, all hoods up, just walk past all the doormen and steam into the club without paying or even acknowledging anyone. I think this kind of thing happened a lot in the last mm. sort of few months and years of the Hacienda. <laughs> very, very few people to get in. It was a quite an imposing sight to us that we were all there, but not our bullshitter. He told us that if you were a face, as he put it, mm-hmm. you could walk into any club in Manchester like that. We played along and asked him to come with us that Saturday. As we were queuing as normal, we did indeed see our bullshitter stride purposefully to the entrance and ignore the doorman. However, his triad membership, nor SES training, didn't seem to help him escape a kicking from the bouncers in front of us and the other queuing masses. It was less of to the woods and more to the a <laughs> <laughs> Um This one's got a promising title. It's from, let's just see if he wants me yet, Andy, Andy Peacock. By the way, everyone, if you do want us to avoid reading out your name, you've got to fucking do it right at the top of the email or possibly even in the email title. Because if you say it at the fucking end, then you've got no chance because we don't pre-read half of this shit. Yeah, and I've got time to be beeping things out. Yeah. Anyway, this is entitled One-Armed Bandit and the Hokey Cokey. I'm a long-time cunter. In regards to your request for dad stories, I'd like to give you and the listeners some of my dad's exploits. To set the scene, he lost his left hand and most of his right knee in an industrial accident in the 70s. Oh, big stuff. Bad, but good element to a story. Yeah. And has had a fake one since before I was born. Fake arm, right? Uh, There are numerous anecdotes of him using his new left hand to hammer in the corner flags on a Sunday morning. (laughs) Uh, I'll uh, just use the end. I'll uh, just take the end off. Uh, to pure dad bullshit, when he's asked why he lost his hand, um, uh, he's claimed various things from wrestling crocodiles to fighting lions. And my favourite one, he lost it in a game of cards because he had a bad hand. <laughs> However, without doubt, my favourite tale of his is at a Christmas party for local kids when I was about four. My parents owned the local corner shop and, and uh, had sort of sponsored a Christmas party for all the local kids. My dad dressed as Santa Claus. After a trip to the local pub, <laughs> piss Santa never piss. works out. Everything went well as far as a four-year-old can that's remember. A new, that's a new topic we'd like to introduce as well. Piss, piss Santa. Santa's. Yeah. yeah, I didn't recognise my dad until the party songs, and in particular the hokey cokey. Uh, <laughs> you guessed it. At the bit where they said, "Throw your left arm in, your left hand out." My dad, quite pissed by now, decided to take off his fake arm and throw it into the middle of the circle of children. <laughs> Screaming in suit, I guess. Yeah, to which the community centre hall evacuated quicker than a fire drill with women and children screaming and my dad and the older brothers bent double in laughter. <laughs> a story my dad loves to retell every children's party but has never recreated due to the utter bollocking I can only imagine my mam gave him. Cheers, lads. Yeah, good one. Oh, good stuff, that. Um, anything about false limbs, we'll have that. Yeah, Piss definitely. Santa's. Piss Santa's yeah, false limbs, Yeah, quite a fruitful, fruitful email, that. Uh, Neil Robertson says, I was 23 on a night out with work colleagues and some friends in St. Helens. A normal night of awful debauchery ensued. To put it bluntly, I was utterly kettled. And in my confusion, I decided that I'll spend all my money on ale and walk home. It's only about a mile. 
this was the first mistake of the evening. The night ends and everyone drifts off in that curious way when people have had enough of each other and want their pit. I set off on my mile walk. He says, I was in St Helens. I actually lived in Rainhill, which is at least five miles, maybe six. But I had a plan. I, would, I wouldn't follow the bus journey route. No, I would cut across this journey and walk down the middle of the fucking dual carriageway link road. After about a mile, possibly less, I realised with the deep gut feeling of the slowly sobering man that I had greatly underestimated the length of journey. I trudged down the road, on and on. Every time I thought I recognised a landmark, it dispersed. And after about two hours of walking, I had the feeling I should be closer to home. But I was lost. I had become a stray man. Bum, bum, bum. This was 1998. I had no mobile phone, no means of finding out where I was, and I was now very tired. I had to find somewhere to shelter, potentially sleep. I walked down a vaguely recognisable lane past some cattle fields, a gap in a fence. I was in. It was very dark. In the shadows, I could make out a tree, and I huddled under it and fell into an uncomfortable sleep. Waking up the next morning in a field full of sleeping cattle, I realised I was in the field behind my flat. <laughs> Literally 50 feet from my fucking flat. Excellent. I was completely furious, Basil Faulty furious. <laughs> I had visions of myself twatting a cow in the face. <laughs> he says, My bed was so close and I had slept on a patch of shitty earth, <laughs> wondering if I'd ever make it home and how I would cope as a vagabond. <laughs> he says, What a prick. Every day I looked at the tree in the field and I seethed. I moved away soon afterwards. He had to literally move away. He couldn't <laughs> he look at the field stand again. And live there and look at the scene of his greatest it's, disaster. Well, listen, it's more common than you might think because we've we've commented before. It's a bit like the the uh, porridge film, where he run he escapes from that cottage in the middle of nowhere and runs all night and then ends yeah. up back at the same place. Yeah. So we've had a few like that. It's a common stray man uh, trope in many ways. It is. Uh, okay, Max Shilling's been in touch. Says hello. We'll keep it quick. It's about my parents' next door neighbour, locally known as Dangerous Dave. <laughs> Good. He said he owned a building company responsible for the majority of Canary Wharf. He wouldn't specify, but he says he sold up the business and moved to Norfolk to get away from the tax man. Apparently, if you stay away from him for long enough, you end up having to pay less. Can we have your legal expertise on this? Well, we'd have to run this past Bez. Who, of course, is a oh, tax expert. Has yeah. given me his tax advice in the past. It's not dissimilar to this, <laughs> um, and, but even Bez's advice is slightly more convincing than just just move away to a different area <laughs> and avoid him for a while. And in the end, he'll fuck off. Um, he also does nothing except build sheds in his garden. There are like ten sheds all around the perimeter. <laughs> And he loves spending time on the roofs of them. Whoa! The day my parents moved in... He's the king of top flight time machine. They literally watched him fall off the roof of one of his sheds. He was apparently <laughs> lying flat on the roof in the 60 mile per hour wind. <laughs> ah! All right, you the new neighbours, are you? Whoa! <laughs> Bang! But when they met him, he just flat out denied that he'd fallen off. <laughs> Hello, uh, we're your new neighbours. All right, my name's Dave. People around here call me Dangerous Dave. Yes, we saw you earlier. Are you okay? What do you mean? <laughs> well, we saw you get blown off the roof. You said, that weren't me. Didn't happen. <laughs> but we saw you. No, you didn't. Hey, let's not get off on the wrong foot. I'm a neighbourly blob. If you go around <laughs> saying things like that, you're going to rob me up the wrong way. You're going to start getting weird pretty fucking quick. <laughs> this is right. As you can see, I've built 10 sheds around the perimeter of my garden. I am not a normal man. <laughs> Do you understand? It's not going to stop there. And you should. And I don't know whether the estate agent warned you. I'm going to carry on building round and round in a spiral of sheds. And once I've finished, I'm going to start building another tier. And it's going to go up and up and up. And if you ask me why, 
I won't be able to answer. I've got no credible answer. I don't know why. It's a compulsion. Listen. Some people smoke crack. Other people shave their pubes off because they think they support other football teams. I Just build one of their things. I build sheds, right? That's something you've got to face up to. The point I'm making is I'm a fucking oddball, right? I've got the certificate and everything. <laughs> you don't need to ask any more questions. I've been diagnosed by some of the diagnosed top doctors. Diagnosed oddball. Top doctors at Cambridge University. Yeah, Professor of oddballery. This man is very clearly an oddball. <laughs> Hand him his papers and send him on his way. What a curious case study. <laughs> <laughs> this will make my name at the Royal Institute. <laughs> Yeah. And the elephant man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you, you've been very kind. You've been so kind. <laughs> it must be so dreadful that you'll have to look upon my grotesque features every day. As an oddball. <laughs> I'm so happy to have finally been recognised <laughs> and, and treated as a human being. Ladies and gentlemen, behold the oddball. Ah! The light! The light! <laughs> He's got a saw and a hammer. What's he going to do with him? Don't worry. He's just going to build loads of sheds. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, well, good old story. Dangerous Dave. Uh, any more stories on Dangerous Dave? We're mm, definitely interested. Oh, definitely oh variants. In. If you've got local Dangerous Dave, any, yeah. anything like that. Oddballs, basically. Red Hot Consent. Uh Richard Mackey says, Stray Man. Variation on the Stray Man theme, he says... Uh, I remember my other half telling me about a guy from work who caught the last train home after a work night out only to realise he'd got on the wrong train and was travelling in the wrong direction. He called his wife and apologised profusely, expecting to have to get off the train and go straight until the first one the next morning. He then fell asleep and woke up when the train got to the last stop, only to realise he was at the right station after all. Turns out he'd just been sat facing backwards. <laughs> but he was so pissed he managed to convince himself he was going the wrong way. Oh, where am I going? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking sat backwards. Fucking great. Uh, stray man in a conservatory. Um, I have a story about my mate Duck. It's a well-known story in the area. He said he couldn't give a fuck if his name's used. <laughs> 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 Mate, I'm going to tell a story about you on that fucking stupid podcast. Can I use your name? I can't give a fuck, mate. <laughs> I don't even know what a fucking podcast is. Fuck off. Fill this bowl with ice cream while you're at it. <laughs> anyway, when we were about 17 or 18, we were out on the piss in Sunderland Town Centre. And, hey. and even 10 years on, Duck is known for getting into a right state and just going stray, sleeping in hedges, under cars, etc. <laughs> Duck turns up the next day, covered head to toe in magnolia gloss paint. <laughs> After calling him a thick cunt, we got the story. <laughs> He'd recently moved house, and when his key didn't work to the front door, he assumed his mam had left her key in the back, he headed round into the garden to let himself in that way. He got in and he curled up on the sofa in the conservatory, covered in paint for a good night's kick. <laughs> this is the bit I don't understand, right? He doesn't really word this probably. He's covered over the in sofa. paint. He said for a good <clears> night's... <throat> I don't know. Yeah, must, yeah, paint must have been on the sofa. Um, curled up on the sofa, covered in paint for a good night's kip. He woke up the following morning after making what he deemed to be a big art attack in, in the place and realised his new place didn't have a conservatory. He lived next door. <laughs> Hope this is worth reading <laughs> out as I have a whole raft of shite I've been meaning to send in. Cheers, cunts. 
Well, thank you. It's a decent start it's if you've de- got any more. It's not bad, Michael Pryor, uh, the story of Duck. I didn't quite understand it, but one thing we know is, is that he accidentally let himself into next door's conservatory. And then slept in some pain. Slept in some pain, and that was it. Good stuff. Good. Um, that's about it for this one. Uh, I've got some news of that news, if you fancy Let's that before we go. Mongolian couple die of bubonic plague after eating raw marmot. Oh, my God. God. I know there's a sadness to yeah, it. Yeah, six. Because, uh, yeah, six. It's your Achilles heel, isn't it? Yeah. You don't like the sadness. Here's another death one. It was a great way to go, says father of man electrocuted while jumping between rooftops. <laughs> man on roof. Yes, there's death. Also, dad. Unapologetic dad. Like, unremorseful yeah. dad. Do you know it's, what I mean? It's what he would have wanted. It's what I would have wanted. So proud of I'll him. I'll give it an eight. An eight. And finally... Argentine chef Francis Malman smells so strongly of burning wood, he has trouble flying. <laughs> Nine. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> All right, that's it. We'll be back on Monday morning with the uh, the finale of the Premier League Prediction League. Whoa, oh, tune in for that. It's going to be exciting stuff, gang. Or it might be quite dull. Who knows? Mm. All right, thanks for listening. Ta-da. Ta-da. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.